0: To English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit English in 10 Minutes.com. Today I'm talking to my friend Ted. And Ted, you're Canadian, but you have Taiwanese heritage.
1: So both your parents are from Taiwan, right? That's right, yeah. Both born in Taiwan and uh, they emigrated from there. Okay, so you were born in Canada? I was actually born in Austria. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we didn't get the papers to move to Canada until after I was born. Uh, my dad got a scholarship to study in Austria. Okay. And so then you went to Canada shortly after that? Yeah, I think I was one year old. I don't
0: remember anything from Austria. Okay. And so your parents have lived in Canada ever since?
1: No, not at all. Uh, they probably lived there for about 25 years and then we uh, immigrated to the US. So I didn't... Uh, I left Canada when I was 13 years old, and we moved to California. That's where I finished uh, high school and and college and, you know, went on from there. And do you think your parents integrated well into those other countries, or do you think they missed Taiwan a lot? Oh, yeah, not at all, not at all. I mean, my uh, my, my father and all of his four brothers had left Taiwan at some point because of the white terror. It's a political situation, the Kuomintang repression in Taiwan after... Uh, there were a lot of massacres, and anybody who could get out at that time uh, tried to do so. And most of my family got out uh, through academic scholarships if they could study abroad. So I have one uncle that went to Switzerland, one that went to France, one that went to Japan to work for a while, uh, another went to the U.S., and my dad eventually went to Austria. Uh, and after living in Canada for a long time, I'd say he never really adjusted. Uh, he didn't have many Western friends. Uh, you know, he's still kind of was living the lifestyle of Taiwan, but most importantly, Taiwan in the 1960s. So when they moved back to Taiwan in the 1990s, that's after uh, something like 12 years in Canada and 13 years in the US, uh, my dad moved back to a country that didn't exist. Taiwan of the 19 eight, uh, 1990s was a completely different country. It, it jumped the development barrier from the third world my father grew up uh, not wearing shoes walking 10 kilometers to school every day to kind of a postmodern digital uh, society where he couldn't really uh, talk with the younger generation Uh, not a language issue part of it was a language issue as well because the Kuomintang enforced the Mandarin as an official language which was never the indigenous language of a of, uh, of Taiwan. In fact, my father speaks fluent Taiwanese and Japanese because he grew up in the Japanese empire before the, uh, uh, before the, the Kuomintang uh, takeover of the island. And so the younger people had to speak Mandarin. So there was even somewhat of a language barrier, although he could understand he was never totally fluent in Mandarin. Uh, and so that, that's, you know, and Taiwan was uh, uh, banned as a language, Taiwanese, uh, for, for many generations, well, at least a generation and a half Kids were even punished for speaking Taiwanese words in school. They'd be lashed out for every word uh, that they'd say. So a lot of things had changed in the meantime. And he went back to a country that he could barely recognize. And he always used to uh, miss the weather in Taiwan because in Canada, the, the winters are fearsome and, and brutal and minus 30 uh, every winter. And he'd always talk about, oh, how mu-, it was much nicer in Taiwan and when he actually moved back to Taiwan, he realized the summers are pretty brutal and hot, and and if he didn't have air conditioning, uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have survived. You know, everything is always this nostalgia was the was the the main uh, driving factor for the memories. And so he,
0: I mean, he must have been dreaming all these years, twenty five years, of going back to Taiwan, and then he had this kind of reverse culture shock,
1: right? Yeah. It's a generational shock, a developmental shock, a cultural shock. Uh, um, I mean, he got along well with his old classmates, people he grew up with in his own generation. They share that aspect, that part of the history and upbringing. Although there are other aspects he didn't share with them. They eventually did other things. Those who didn't leave Taiwan, uh, you know, had different lives. And in the end... He was probably better suited to communicate with other people in similar situations, such as my relatives, such as my aunts and uncles, who all left at a similar time period and, you know, had similar experiences both in Taiwan and, and abroad in, in the West.
0: Okay. And so do you think he was disappointed when he came back and found it was so different from his memories?
1: Uh, I suppose. I mean, the, there's the, uh, the, the old adage, uh, you can never go home again, which, was very much, which is very true. It's exactly this situation. Uh, It affected my life as well because uh, we had a lot of disagreements when I was growing up, and I had always attributed that to a a culture shock. I grew up in the West, in North America. Uh, You know, I, I integrated with my friends there, I had different ways of thinking, and I just assumed that my parents had another. Like an old fashioned or a different culture. I mean, I respected it all. I I didn't really have problems about identity. I know I have some cousins or some people have, you know, reject, they try to reject, uh, ancestral cultures. I was not like that. I was fine with it, but it was hard to discuss things because I just didn't think we were seeing things on the same level. And then what I learned later after he had moved back to Taiwan for, for quite a few years and I'd, uh, you know, visited, I visited quite frequently is that he was having the same problems with the Taiwanese who never left as well of, of that generation. And it's because that Taiwan had had developed so quickly in that 20 year span that it was no longer recognizable culture, the, the money, the development, everything changes. And so that gap is also present even with kids that didn't go abroad and, and grew up abroad. Uh, so it was just, you know, it's a personal situation, probably exacerbated by, by cultural differences, but, uh, yeah, I guess it's a kind of a universal thing. I mean, maybe a country like Switzerland, which is very stable and conservative and and people don't like to change. That probably is less of an issue uh, generation after generation. But in the very fast, um, fast moving, fast developing cultures, it's going to be an issue like in China, even more dramatic in the last uh their 20 years uh, the some of those kids are unrecognizable the you know that generation of kids I mean uh, even some of the the, old, the old-timer Chinese you know, can' can't stand them it's very it's a very difficult uh, process and and when some identity is created when a personality is created it's very difficult to change and that's kind of that's they have to grow up in that backdrop and they have to everyone has to handle it in, in the best way possible that's really
0: interesting so he was kind of almost overtaken by by Western uh, younger people,
1: and then also by younger people in the east as yeah, well. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. So he would have been better off just moving, especially for him. I would say some of my uncles adjusted quite well. It really it depends on the the personality. If he had gone with the flow and and tried to adapt more and to find a new identity in his new country, he would have been better off in some ways. I have some aunts that are like that, and they've done very very well. They have lots of. Uh, local friends are very comfortable both in the Taiwanese const- the modern Taiwanese context as well as in as in the Western context and I think by being so nostalgic for Taiwan my dad let as you say two cultures slip past um, and he was trapped in kind of a, a a nostalgic historical zone that doesn't exist anymore. Okay, and you said you've been back a few
0: times. Was that? important for you personally or were you just going back to visit family or do you feel like it's part of your
1: heritage that you wanted to know and wanted to become part of well i would say that it's more to visit family kind of as a kind of an obligation duty and to keep in touch with the relatives there i'm i've done pretty well compared to some of my other cousins that grew up in in canada or in the u.s i have several um some of them didn't learn to speak taiwanese when they were at home and that was i think a big mistake by their parents um, I was, you know, I, I spoke in Taiwanese at home. So when I'm in Taiwan, I can communicate, uh, fairly well. And I used to go back fairly regularly, especially when I was living in Singapore in recent years it was quite an easy flight. So I would be up there a few times a year, uh, or even over a long weekend, it's easy to do. Um, and I guess the most important, most interesting thing is that I've seen it change so much. Uh, I've seen pretty much the whole development. Well, I was very young at the time, but I still vaguely remember in the, in the 70s, um, all the, the streets were just thronged with motorcycles. You never saw cars. It's a bit like Saigon, actually, uh, maybe 10 years ago. You, you, you see the whole developmental wave happening in different places at different times, but it goes through the same motions. And then at, at some point, then they, they, they evolved from motorcycles to cars, and then the traffic congestion got so bad, you could, you could walk across the whole city faster, Taipei City, faster than you could uh, take a taxi. Um, and then later, then they built a a metro and that made, you know, a lot easier. And then, yeah, it's what happened everywhere. I'm sure it's happened in North America and Europe, Australia, everywhere, but it happened within my life, my recent lifespan. I've seen it happen before my eyes. Every, every time I visited, it it was a bit different. And so that's kind of interesting. It gives you a bit of perspective. So you kind of appreciate more if you, if you go into a, a third world, uh, uh, chaos, chaos, like India or something, you know, you, you, I think it's a, you have a better perspective on it. You don't get too judgmental or, 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 or uh, snobby about it. You know, that just kind of, that's, that's the natural evolution of things. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to English in 10 minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit englishin10minutes.com.